Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. sacrifices over the years and raising us up in the fear and the admonition of the Lord and uh, listen to him preach many resurrection day messages and uh, um, I probably heard you preach more than anybody else in my lifetime amen and so thankful for the call of God on his life him instilling in us as a family the values of the kingdom of God. There's nothing more valuable in this life than the kingdom of God. Amen. If there's one thing that you can do, you need to strive to try to instill in your children the values of the kingdom. And there was a point in time where I walked away and, and 
had to find out the hard way. Um, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, but the Lord never took his hand off of me. And, uh, his mercy covered me and gave me an opportunity to come back. I'm so thankful for you, Dad. I love you. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2. And I want to start reading. Verse 4. says, but God, somebody say, but God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ, by grace are you saved, and hath raised us up together. Somebody say, raised us up together. And made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, lest any man should boast. For we are his workmanship. Amen. Created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Amen. If you look up that that word before ordained or foreordained, it means he prepared it beforehand. He had the knowledge before, somebody say before, or prior to any of it came to pass. Amen. I want to preach to you this morning on this subject. God knew. Amen. God knew. Amen. I wonder if you could lay your Bibles down. If you have them, lift your hands to the Lord one more time. This morning. God, we're thankful this morning, Lord, for your presence that we feel in this house. God, we're thankful for the moving of your spirit. God, we're thankful for the power and the authority of your word. I pray, God, today that you would utter your voice in this house, that you would speak to every person. Lord, I pray, God, that, that you would anoint our eyes to see, our ears to hear, and our hearts to be understanding of your word. God, I pray that your anointing would flow in this house unrestricted and unrestrained. And I pray, God, that we would leave this place forever changed, God, impacted by your presence and by your word. And we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord one more time. 
Praise the Lord. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. I just want to say real quick before I get started preaching that after the altar service, we'll be having some giveaways. And so I want you to stick around. Okay, stick around till after the altar service. We got giveaways for the kids. We're going to bring the kids up. We're going to give away a couple of bikes. Amen. Amen. It was powerful last year. Amen. We're going to give away some gifts to the youth. And then we're going to give some stuff away to the old people too. Elbow your neighbor and say, is that you? you are you in that category? They tell, they tell me that you're only as old as you feel. If that's the case, I'm a lot older than my, what my age says I am. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. God knew. Can I preach to you for a few minutes this morning? Are you going to preach with me? If you're going to preach with me, say Amen. If you do that, we're going to get out of here quick. Nobody ever agreed with Brother Smith so much than they did right there. Praise the Lord. Praise God. God knew. God has perfect strategic foresight. He is omniscient. He, that means that he is all-knowing. He has all knowledge and wisdom. He is omnipresent. He is everywhere at the same time, encompassing and filling all space. Come on, somebody say amen. He is omnipotent, having unlimited power or the ability to do anything. Somebody say amen. amen. Everything God does is based on his ability to know before. Amen. Before what? Before anything else. But it doesn't even end there. He has the power to be and to manifest himself and the ability to bring change, to create an environment in which things will turn out to the eternal benefit and good to those that love him and are the called according to his purpose. From the beginning, somebody say from the beginning, he put his nature and his power on display. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. The prophetic nature of God was, was empowered by his word. He knew it, understood it, spoke it 
and it became. As the words came out, as the words came out, it became exactly the way he purposed it in his mind. When he said, let there be light, the reality of light was released and there was light. Come on. Understand this about God. He don't talk about things that he don't understand. He is all things. All things were made by him. And without him was not anything made that was made. He is before all things and by him all things consist. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Hebrews 11.3 says, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. When he speaks, it's already a reality. He doesn't say it and then figure out how he's going to get it done. Come on, how many do that? Amen. We say what we're going to do and we're like, well, how am I going to do that? That's not the way God works. God works in reverse. Come on. He already knows how it's going to be done. It's going to be done by him saying it. Because his word has power and authority over everything. Come on, somebody. He says it and it becomes. He doesn't, he doesn't say it and then f figure out how he's going to do it. It's already done in the mind of God. And when he speaks it, the details are already figured out. Somebody say amen. It's, somebody say, it's already worked out. The details have already been calculated. There is no question in the operation of God's word, only declarations. When he speaks, it's eternal and it's forever settled. And along, it, along with it is the power to make it be. Before he spoke it, he knew it. Before he spoke it, he understood it. Come on. Before he spoke it, he already worked it out in his mind. The plan had already been made. Come on. How many know that the word of God is the plan of God? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God and the word was God. And we understand that all things were made by him and for him and without him was not anything made that was made. But then the word became flesh and it dwelt among us and we beheld his glory even as the glory as the only begotten of the Father full of grace and truth. Somebody say amen. Genesis 2, 4 and 5 says, listen to this. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, listen to this, and every plant of the field before it was in the earth. And every herb of the field before it grew. Read it. Amen. Before it came forth. It was already purposed in his mind. It was already planned out in his mind. He already, he already calculated. He already figured it out. He already knew it before. 
He understood it before. Come on, somebody. It was in his mind before it had a chance to become reality. It was in his mind. And then in verse 7, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. He had made the earth and all of its wonders, the sun, the moon, and the stars, the greatness of the oceans and all that is within it, the beauty of the mountains and the plains, the lilies and the roses in all of their beauty. But that was not his greatest creation. He saved the best for last. He rolled up his sleeves and he formed the man. The Hebrew word yesar, it means squeezing into shape or molding into form as a potter. When he made the man, he had a special form in mind. Man was not an incident. Come on. It was in the form and the shape of the creator. The Bible says that he made, God made man in his image, which is form. And after his likeness, which is a model of shape, we were made in the shape of the creator. Man was not an accident. Man was not an incident. Man was not a mistake. But man was formed with purpose. God told Jeremiah before I formed you in the belly, I knew you and I ordained you a prophet. Amen. He knew him first. Come on. He planned it first and then he formed him with a purpose. There are no accidents with God. He knew. He's not caught off guard. He knew. There's no mistakes with God. He knew. If you have been formed, received the breath of life, God was responsible. There is no God. There is a God-given purpose on every life in this building. Can you clap your hand to the Lord and thank God? Adam and Eve were created with a purpose. God gave them dominion over all the earth to subdue it and to keep it. But with every life born with purpose, I want you to hear me this morning. There is an adversary with a plan to wreck the purpose. You can be born with purpose, but you don't just step into purpose without God operating in your life. With every purpose. There is an adversary that wants to fight against the purpose and destroy the purpose in your life. Somebody say amen. amen. Satan beguiled Eve and convinced her to eat of the only tree that God said don't. Adam also ate of the tree. And so sin passed upon all men for all have sinned. Stay with me. I'm going somewhere. Is anybody bored right now? If you're in the preaching, say amen. amen. They ate of the fruit. And the Bible says, their eyes were opened. And they knew that they were naked. Come on. God knows. Listen to me. God knows and then does. We do and then know as a result of doing. Come on. If we don't listen to the mind and the word of God, 
and put our faith in what God knows. Come on, there's a reason why he said don't. Come on, there's a reason why he says do. Because the things that he says do carry with it eternal life. Come on, the things that he says do carry with it his word, which everything was established by. Come on, the reason we have uncertainty in our life is that we're doing what we want to do and not what God says do. And every don't of the word of God or that God gives, there is death attached to it. Come on, there is a reality that is not pleasant. Amen. It will bring things into your life that you don't necessarily want. Every do has eternal life attached to it and every don't has eternal death attached to it. Amen. There's a reason why God said don't eat of the tree. There's a reason why God says keep my commandments. There's a reason why God says do this and don't do that because he knows more than you know. He knows more than I know. He knows what the outcome is going to be. And once Adam and Eve ate of the tree, their eyes were opened and they knew. All of a sudden, their eyes were opened up to what God was trying to protect them from. How many ever made the bad move, the wrong decisions? Come on, has anybody ever done the wrong thing? Has anybody ever stepped into the don'ts? Come on, if you have, say Amen. Amen. You understood after you stepped into the don'ts. This is not exactly what I thought it was going to be. Come on. This is not giving me what I thought it was going to give me. Come on. In fact, it's doing the opposite. Amen. Of what I thought it was going to be. Uh, he stepped up and he, he, Adam said, he said, why are you hiding? Adam said, well, we saw that we were naked and we hid ourselves. And God said, how do you know that you were naked? Ask your neighbor, how do you know? Did you eat of the fruit? Listen. That I said don't? How else could you know what you know? Come on, some of us know what we know because of a lot of don'ts. Our eyes have been opened to a reality around us that has not been friendly to us. Come on, every one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us have disobeyed God's word and stepped into the don'ts that God said don't. Come on, and understood the reality of what sin was and what it would bring into your life. They were exposed then to the result of sin. All of a sudden they understood pain. They understood shame. They understood guilt and lust. They understood in the future they would have sickness and ultimately death. For the first time, man knew what it felt like to be lost, to be lonely. Come on, to feel incomplete, to feel depressed and oppressed. And even though he tried to cover himself, his efforts were insufficient. So God slew two animals and made for them garments to cover them. As if to say, because of what you have done, something has to die in order to Cover your sin. Amen. 
and I will put enmity. And then God began to speak his plan. Amen. You have to remember that God knew. Amen. God knew. This is not, this was not a surprise to God. This was, he's not shocked. Come on, he wasn't shocked when Adam and Eve messed up. Amen. He knew. Somebody say, it was foreordained. Amen. That means it was planned beforehand. Come on, somebody. He didn't just stumble into the situation, scratching his head, thinking, what am I going to do to work this out? No. After it happened, he began to speak his plan. Amen. He says to the serpent, and I will put enmity between you and the woman and between your seed and her seed, and it shall bruise your head and you shall bruise his heel, revealing that a son that would be born, that would bruise Satan under his feet and thou shalt call his name Jesus for he shall save his people from their sin. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. Amen. How many know God knew? It was already prepared. Elbow your neighbor and say he knew. It was already prepared. The plan was already made. Come on, he had already remedied the problem before the foundation of the world. Before the worlds were created, he knew. Come on, he declares the ending from the beginning. Come on, God is in eternity. Amen. He's not surprised what's happening in time. Somebody say amen. Romans 8, 28 and 29. I'm gonna slow down here. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose, for whom he did foreknow. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. This part, the first part of this scripture, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. This is a verse that we all like to quote. Amen. We, we quote this verse and we claim it for our own. But there are conditions to this verse. All things don't work out to the good unless, listen to me, you love God and then you are the called according to his purpose. Not according to your purpose, according to his purpose. Because we want a God that's going to take care of our every need and everything, that, every plan that we ever had. He's just going to fulfill our dreams and give us what we want and make us comfortable in life and, and make us happy in life so we can live the life that we want to live, uh, excluding God from it. But that's not the way it works. God is not an accessory that we add to our life to make our life better. He is life. His plan and his purpose was foreordained before the foundation of the world. Amen. 
all things work together for the good for those who love God. Come on. And who are the called according to his purpose. If the purpose of God is working in your life and you're loving God with everything that you are, you're included in that verse. But everything's not going to work out for the good of your plan. It's going to work out for good for, for the plan for the body of Christ and who he has called us to be. Somebody say amen. Paul lays out God's plan of salvation in these passages of Scripture in five phases. All right, I'm not going to go in depth in these, but I want you to understand. The first is foreknowledge. Okay? He, he foreknew. He knew first before. Okay? What does that mean exactly? God's plan began with his knowledge that man would fall into sin. Consequently, before the creation of the world, he already planned Calvary. It's, it was already planned before the foundation of the world. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 20. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot who verily or who truly was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. He was foreordained. He was prepared beforehand. It was before the foundation or the conception of the world. Jesus was already the plan. Revelation 13, 8 calls him the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. Somebody say amen. Amen. How many know he was slain before the foundation of the world? Amen. Somebody say he was slain before the foundation of the world. Amen. Before anything else was put into place. Come on. Before he said, let there be light and there was light. Come on. Before he even began to speak and, and declare and to create the earth and form the man, he already had it in his mind. It was already in the plan from the foundation of the world that he would robe himself in flesh and he would pay the price on the cross for the sin of the whole world. He wasn't caught by surprise when Adam and Eve sinned. He wasn't caught by surprise when you fell in a trap. He wasn't caught by surprise when you were snared by the plans of the devil. He wasn't caught by surprise when you were addicted. Come on. He wasn't caught by surprise when you fell into adultery or fornication and your life was wrecked by the decisions of others. He wasn't caught by surprise when the family was broken. Come on. He wasn't caught by surprise when so-and-so committed suicide because the state of sin will always leave men and wrecked and in a state they can't recover from but I come to tell you that Jesus was the plan that God made a remedy God made a plan of escape for you and for me tap your hands to the Lord one more time he made provision before somebody say he did it before did it before. 
before I was created, there was already a plan. Somebody say amen. There was already a plan before. Somebody say amen. Praise the Lord. I think I'm missing a page of notes here. I don't know what I did with it. I'm going to have to wing it. we're winging it praise the Lord amen along with the foreknowledge was the reality that man would sin amen and fall short of the glory of God so God made a preparation for man amen he made a plan of salvation amen some people when they when they, when they're when they're when they're interpreting this passage of scripture, they believe in predestination, that there are people that God predestined to save and there are people that God didn't predestine to save. That is not true. I don't believe that. I don't believe in the in, in, in that God predestined certain people to be saved and the other people are just going to be lost. Amen. I don't believe that. He foreknew the fact that man would fall and he created a way for every person to be saved. He created a way. It doesn't matter what walk of life you're in. It doesn't matter what race you are, what country you come from, what socioeconomic status you are, whether you're rich, whether you're poor, whether you're great, whether you're small. It doesn't matter. He made a way for every person to be saved. It's not his will that any should perish, but that all would come to repentance. It's not just set aside for an elect few. It's not just set aside for a certain type of person. It's set aside for whosoever will. Let him come and take of the water of life freely. He foreknew and he made a way. And those he foreknew, he also predestinated. Come on, that, uh, that doesn't mean that, that he predestined certain people to be saved. It means that he created a way and there would be certain people that would receive it and certain people that wouldn't. There'd be certain people that would hear his voice and certain people that wouldn't. There'd be certain people that would respond in faith to his word and there would be those that would turn their back and walk away but nonetheless everybody has an opportunity everybody has a choice of whether or not you want to be saved and where you want to spend eternity God did not predestine you whether you're going to be saved or not God gave you an opportunity come on that choice is up to you that choice is up to you. The ball is in your court. Come on, I'm preaching the gospel. God made a way for you to be saved. There's nothing standing in the way of the, of the blood of Jesus Christ. All you gotta do is make a choice to set a humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and let him touch your life. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's a word. 
them he predestinated, he also called. He's calling. Amen. There is a call of God in this hour. Amen. It's going out into the world. Amen. It's calling to people. Amen. It's calling and drawing people. No man cometh unto the Father except the Spirit draws him. The Spirit of God is drawing. It's reaching. Come on. It's it's speaking. Come on. The Spirit of God is uttering His eternal voice, calling to men and to women and to children and saying, Whosoever will, come and take of the water of life. Whosoever will. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever would believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For He came not into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. It's not God's will for you to be lost. It's God's will for you to be healed and to be saved. Somebody say amen. Praise God. Somebody say praise God. He knew. Somebody say he knew. He knew what we were going to be facing. Amen. He knew. He knew the, the path that, he, that we would have to walk in. He already knew. Amen. He already knew. Elbow your neighbor and said he already knew. He was there before. Before the foundation of the world, he, he already knew. Amen. Somebody say he knew already. He already knew. He already knew the the effects of sin. Somebody say amen. He already knew what sin would cause. He already knew the maladies, the anxieties, the calamities that sin would cause. Come on, he already knew the depression and the oppression that we would face. Come on. He already knew the mistakes and the failures. Come on. And the decisions that we would make that would bring damage to our lives. He already knew the damage that would come to our family. Come on. He already knew the damage that would come to our minds and to our bodies. Come on. He already knew. He looked down through the pages of time and he saw you and he saw me standing in in 2023 needing a savior, needing a healer, needing a redeemer. Come on. He already knew. And so the Bible says that surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows for he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was laid upon him or the punishment that brought us peace was put upon him and by his stripes we are healed. I come to tell you this morning there is a way out. There is a way of healing and it's through the blood of Jesus Christ and what he did on the cross. There is no other way other than the way that he has created. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy.
man Jesus was oppressed. Somebody say he was oppressed. He was afflicted. He was tempted. Come on, in all points like we are, yet without sin. Come on, he went to the bottom. Amen. He felt the pain. He felt the anxiety. He felt the struggle. Come on, you're not the only one that's ever struggled in this life. We have all struggled. Come on, we're, uh, you're not the only one that's ever failed. We have all failed. You're not the only one that's made mistakes. We have all made mistakes. You're not the only one that's been damaged. We have all been damaged. Your family's not the only one that's been affected by sin. We have all been affected by sin. The only difference, if you're not sanctified, if you're not saved by the blood of Jesus, the only difference between me and you is I have been washed. I have been sanctified. I have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus. I have been healed by the power of his spirit and the power of his word. And I come to preach to you this morning. There's an opportunity for you to get what I have. Come on. If you've been healed, you need to stand to your feet, clap your hands to the Lord, and thank God as a witness and a testimony of his power. Remain standing all around the building. And you, Colossians 2 and 13, put it on the board. Man, I'm preaching hard. Am I the only one sweating in here? cranked. Colossians 2 and 13. And you, somebody say you, point at your neighbor. Say you. Being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against you, which was contrary to you, and took it out of the way, nailing it to the cross, and having spoiled principalities and powers, that's the spirits of darkness, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them, Man, he blotted it out with his blood. He nailed it to the cross. Our mistakes and our failures in our state no longer are an obstacle. He took it out of the way. Have you ever had something in your way? try to climb over the obstacle in order to, to go where you needed to go or you had to go around. Amen. You had to make try to make another way because that way it wasn't going to work. Amen. He made a way. He took it out of the way. The sin, he took it out of the way. It's not in your way anymore. The only thing that's in your way is your will. 
whatever you want. You can have it if you want. Come on, somebody. He's made a way where there was no way. Amen. He, he conquered every enemy that was against us. He conquered it. Somebody say amen. Every abuse that has ever been affected anybody, he conquered it. Come on. Every addiction, he conquered it. Come on. He overcome it. He triumphed over it, nailing it to the cross. Every mistake, every failure, come on, every adultery, every fornication, everything that you've ever done that you've regretted, every ounce of guilt and shame he experienced on the cross, he took it upon himself, nailed it to the cross, gave his life as a ransom. Elbow your neighbor, tell him he bought you. door has been kicked open. All you got to do is walk through. I don't know about anybody else in this building. I want to go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. Is there anybody in here who wants to go to heaven? There's only one way. Somebody say, there's one way. My way won't do it. My way won't get me there. Come on. My way is not enough. My understanding is not enough. My ability is not enough. I got to go through him. But I want to tell you this morning, it's available. It's available. Come on, church. It's available. Come on. Let the spirit and the bride say, come. Come on, if you're saved and sanctified, you need to clap your hands to the Lord and say, there is an opportunity for somebody to be washed. God knew. Look at your neighbor and tell him, God knew already. He knew that you were going to be standing in the anchor church this morning. April 9th. He knows the date, but I don't. Okay. He knew that you were going to where you were going to be sitting. He knew what you were going to be wearing. He knew what was going to be happening in your life. He knew the struggle. He knows the pain. He sees the wounds. He sees every bruise. You know, I know you're standing. Can I just follow the leading of the Spirit this morning? We have been wounded and we have been bruised from life. Wounds are, are outward marks on us that open up to the outside that bleed out. A lot of the wounds that we carry, a lot of people know about. We carry them on us. 
Amen. Bruises are different. Bruises are internal. Bruises are times when you've been hit and you've bled on the inside. We can cover up our bruises. Our wounds are openly shown to the people around us. Our bruises we can conceal because we feel like that maybe people won't accept us because of what's been done to us or the mistakes that we have made. We're bleeding on the inside and we're crying out on the inside, but we put on a shell on the outside like everything's just... something. He died for us for those things that everybody knows about. And he died for those things that nobody knows about. God don't think differently about you because of the bruises. His plan for your life is not altered because of what has happened to you or what you have done mistakes that you have made. In fact, that's why he died. He's got healing for us this morning. Does anybody believe that? I wonder if you could close your hands, close your eyes, lift your hands up to the Lord this morning and just reach for him with your heart. Nobody looking around, everybody just reaching for the Lord today. It's just you and him this morning. God sent me here with a word for you. He already knew he already knew he's got your way out. He already knew. He already paid the price for it. It's already been bought. He already knew. All you got to do is submit your will to him, come to him, and ask him, and he will do for you what you need him to do. Come on. There is a place for you in his plan, and it's been purchased by his blood. Come on. It's already been purchased. There's a place for you at the table. There's a place for you in the kingdom. There's a place for you in the church of the living God, but you have to make the decision this morning. realize this building's small and we can't probably fit everybody in this altar. But if you want to go to heaven, I want you to just come up to the front. I want you to just come up. Go to heaven, just come and lift your hands to the Lord. Come on, if you want to make it to heaven, it should be every one of our desires. Let your heart pray. Let your heart pray. He said, if you repent, if you repent and you're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. But your first step is to repent. Come on. Repenting is turning away from your old way. Come on. I'm turning from my way. Why don't you lift your hands? Tell the Lord this morning, I'm turning away from my way. I'm turning towards you this morning, God. I'm turning my will over to you. No longer is it my life, but it's your life. I want I need you to help me, God. My life is in your hands. I'm going to do it your way, not my way. I submit to your authority, having already been there and known what I've gone through.
through. I'm going to follow your word that's been founded from the foundation of the world. I'm going to do it your way. Come on, squeeze in here if you can, a little bit closer. Come on, come help us pray. Come on, lift your hands to God, everybody. Close your eyes. The Lord is in this place. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.